says their life is like a cartoon. But uh, I, uh, I have a friend who a few years ago uh, said to me that uh, they saw a cartoon movie that seemed to, seemed to actually illustrate quite well what they were going through in life. And so they described this particular scene from one of my favorite cartoons. So we're going to actually watch a little scene from The Incredibles. Anyone like The Incredibles? Yes, it's so great. It's a family of supers, superheroes. There's Mr. Incredible is, is uh, Bob Parp. Uh, super, he's, he's kind of working incognito on the side. And uh, um, this, car, this scene we're going to see towards the end, you'll, you'll, it'll eventually get there. Just go along for the ride this morning, and uh, it'll... Uh, It'll maybe describe how maybe your life has gone sometimes, too. Sorry, you don't know where he is. Would you like to find out? I had a couple of people going, like, what? I don't get it. So he's running along, and blobs start shooting at him, and it slows him down, and, uh, and that was this guy's, my friend's, he said, I'm like that guy. Like, I feel like I've been running this race and going along, and suddenly cannons start firing at me, and they've slowed me down and immobilized me in some really significant ways. That was my friend's experience. And he said, that, I connected with that scene in that film. And I, and I wonder, too, if, if maybe that might connect with you in some ways, where you've had things thrown at you in your life. I'm not talking just recently. I'm not talking about the busyness of our pace uh, in, in our day, but like from when you were small and, and as you grew, things that have slowed you down, things that have attached themselves to you, immobilized you maybe. Uh, think about it. When, when you were really young, wasn't it easy to be idealistic, to look forward uh, to the future with, with great hope and with optimism, and, and then life happens. And you hear some voice that says something along the lines of, you're ugly, or you're stupid, or fill in the blank. I don't like you anymore. I no longer want to be your friend. Somehow along the way, we, we pick up baggage, and uh, somehow I think we learn how to live with it. And then and as you go on, more stuff happens. Somebody lets you down. There's a betrayal. Or maybe there's a, a tragedy in your life. Something terrible happens and there's hurts and trauma that, that come along with that and the baggage just accumulates. And then we kind of know the drill. The negative tapes start playing in our own brain. Um, I'm not good enough. 
No one likes me. No one loves me. I can't trust. I can't have intimacy. My life is messed. You know, I can never have God's best. And still more baggage comes. And, and it hurts. And life becomes heavy. And you're starting to wonder if it's worth going on. And relationships maybe go south. And you got so, maggot, so much baggage that it's hard to do life God's way. And here's the thing. The, the choice is really ours. Either we continue to carry the baggage, or we at, at some point say, God, you got to take it all. And that's what we're going to hopefully learn to do in these coming weeks, is learn to give God our baggage. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Um, if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me to Psalm 109. But before we uh, get into it, let me give you another image of uh, what being weighed down with baggage can, can look like. There's some baggage. There's some great, if you actually type in that into the internet on Google, you can actually see some amazing pictures. Put type bicycles with baggage, and it's incredible what they do in other parts of the world. I like the fact that, that these guys just duct taped their baggage to their car. Some of you go, I've been on vacations like that, right? Uh, let's start with Psalm 109, uh, 22. Uh, many of you will relate to the words of David here where he says, For I am poor and needy. And my heart is wounded within me. And, and so many of us carry wounds of, of hurt and brokenness and pain in our heart. And verse 26, David goes on to pray, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray three prayers similar to his prayer that we find. He prays this in verse 26. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. In verse 31, it jumps ahead there. Here's the good news. For the Lord stands at the right hand of the needy, to save their lives from those who would condemn them. If, if you're in need today, or, or you are hurting, the Lord God is with you. And he, he stands at the hand of the needy one to save their life from those who would condemn. Um, this week, the, the message is titled, Baggage Check. Uh, in the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at religious baggage. Next week, uh, Angel's going to be speaking on, on baggage around our views uh, around, about God. We're going to be looking then at addictions. Uh, addictions often come as a result of our baggage. And then we're going to talk about how we overcome all of the, uh, the emotional baggage that accumulates in our life. Today, though, uh, as we start this series, I'm going to challenge you to prayerfully and honestly consider this thought, consider this question. My challenge to you is this, to acknowledge your baggage, to own up to it. Um, and if you're anything like me, you might be uncomfortable about doing that. You might squirm a little bit because you like to put the dirty laundry. I like to put my dirty laundry in the closet, out of sight, tucked away. I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about it. And I think many of us are like that. Instead of being like that, let's, let's kind of model or follow the model of the psalmist here who actually prays all this stuff. If you read this psalm from beginning to end, it's a bit of a longer psalm. He actually spends a, a fair amount of time talking about a, a lot of hurts that he's had from other people. And uh, it's actually quite raw because he goes in and messes with the dirty laundry. But listen to the openness in Psalm 109, uh, 22. It says, For I'm poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. And... Uh, then we find this in the words of Job, in Job chapter 7, when he said, Therefore I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain 
in the bitterness of my soul. In other words, I'll, I'll speak it. I'll admit it. I'll be open about it. And that's what I want to challenge you to do this week, <laughs> like in your home groups or in your Connect 6 group. Um, our Connect 6 group met this last week, and it was so refreshing as we just kind of let our guard down and, and shared about what we were really going on and, and, and talking about the fears that we had in our lives. And it was, it was pretty powerful. And I want to encourage you to do that with a Christian friend, to talk openly, to bring out of the darkness and into the light what's hidden, and let God do what only God can do. What is your baggage? What's your baggage? Give it a name if you can. Maybe for some, it's spiritual baggage. Maybe you, you've got some bad teaching and you grew a legalistic mindset and you became maybe spiritually judgmental. Maybe for you, you've got a kind of a predisposition against church. You had a bad experience or you heard bad things or, or whatever, and so you've got, a, got some baggage around that. Maybe you've got some baggage around Christians. I mean, some, <clears throat> someone or a bunch of people behaved badly or hypocritically, even though they were Christians, and it created some baggage. Maybe it's with God. Maybe life didn't turn out the way you hoped it would, and so you're angry with God, and that's baggage that you're carrying. Um, maybe it's relational baggage. Uh, somewhere along the way, you, you trusted someone you trusted betrayed you, so you've put walls around your heart, and you don't let people in, and you're not open and vulnerable. Maybe it's, maybe it's abuse. The statistics around abuse are astonishing. Like something like one in four girls will be sexually molested in some, some way, and the sad thing is it's often done by an authority figure or, or a family member. Think about that baggage. Some of you know that firsthand, the, the, the kind of horror and what that does with your life, how it can lead to all these, these terrible thoughts like, maybe it was my fault, or maybe I, I shouldn't have done that, maybe I shouldn't have been there. And so many have a, a non-biblical self-image, like, I'll never amount to anything, or I'm so messed up. And some people feel like they're hooked on something, and you could never break free of, of that addiction. And, and the baggage seems to just mount up unless we give it to God. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to prayerfully and intentionally, we're going to learn how to let go of our baggage. And hopefully we'll be like my friend uh, who posted on Facebook yesterday. He says, I think I'm down to a carry-on. He's been sorting through and giving stuff to God. He says, I'm down to a carry-on. Because checked baggage costs now in Canada, doesn't it? So you want to get your, your luggage manageable if you can. We're going to hope to hopefully do that in this series. And we're going to pray this morning to start off our series, Three Prayers. And for you, one or, or maybe all of these three prayers might become a regular, kind of consistent part of your prayer life. I, I hope, it, hope they might. The first prayer comes from Romans 12. The prayer is simply... God, help renew my mind with truth. Let's, uh, let's pray that aloud together. God, help renew my mind with truth. Romans 12, 2. That's where it comes from, where it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Scripture says, Be transformed. Be transformed. Be changed. Be different. How? By the renewing of your minds. Don't be like the world, but be changed by the renewing of your mind. So, so God, help replace the lies I believe with your truth. God, renew my mind with your spiritual truth. The problem is for so many of us is we hang on to the lies, don't we? We really do. For the longest time, I believed that uh, kind of anything 
uh, anytime anything good came my way, that there was this law at work in the universe, that something good would come, and so therefore something bad had to happen. So, so it's just kind of a matter of you're, you're kind of doomed uh, that uh, the good would happen, and then you're waiting somehow for the hammer to drop. Because God surely must be mad at me or something like that. But why did, I, why did I believe that? Because there was a lie at the center of that. What was the lie? I, I, I think I've articulated it. Is you don't deserve this. You're not good enough. For years now, what has God been doing as I've been praying this particular prayer? He's been dismantling that lie. And, and God's truth? Derwin, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God's truth, uh, my plans for you are to prosper you, not to harm you. It's, it's, it's so much better than the, the lies we believe. But here's the thing. We believe the lies, and those lives kind of become tracks. They become mindsets that point us in a direction. They get locked in so that the lies actually become truth in our minds, even, even when they're not. But we live as if the lies were true. So acknowledge your baggage. And, and, I, and I, I challenge you, look for the lies that you've believed that are simply not true. I mean, that's one of the, the benefits of reading Scripture is because we come up against those things that say, what you're believing there is not how God sees that. You want, you want to find truth. And when you see that you've bought a lie, you need to acknowledge it. You need to confess it. You need to, to name it. One of our elders says you ought to laugh at it. Laugh at the lies because they're ridiculous and they're laughable. The image I had uh, this week was, as I was thinking about this was a scene right from a television drama. I, I like law dramas. And uh, the scene was, you're a defendant, you're sitting, uh, and the court is in session, and there's a witness on the stand, and the witness gets up, and, and the audience, we all know as we're watching the scene, and, and so does the defendant, that what that, that witness has just said is a lie. And what happens in the show? The person jumps up and says, that's a lie! Or, or the lawyer jumps up and says, objection, right? The image I had is that when we hear that lie from the stand, what do we do most often or very often is we actually sit there and listen. We don't, jump, we don't shout objection. We don't say that's a lie. We kind of sit there and, and, and believe it and, and doubt. Um, we believe the lies. We need to pray that God would... Renew our minds with his truth. Why? Because as Jesus said, it is his truth that sets us free. Jack Nicholson says what? You can't handle the truth. You can handle the truth because it sets us free. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it has been for you, but many of you, you've got a, a, a wrong mindset. I wonder what it is for you. Uh, maybe it's for you it's that you could never have a good marriage. Um, you've seen too much or you've been through too much. You, you could never have a good marriage or maybe never could have a good relationship. That's a wrong mindset. Maybe it's that you could never make a, a difference in the world. You're not, you're not smart enough, not good enough, not talented enough. You know, I, I know so many beautiful women who feel fat and ugly. And that's a lie that's not true about you. I know so many men, gifted men, incredible men who feel incapable of making a difference. I know people who are addicted who believe that I, I can never get out of this. This is impossible. This hold on my life is, is firm and forever. That's a lie. God says nothing is impossible with God and, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, 
I know so many people that, that, uh, who are broke who think they're always going to be broke and never going to get out from under that. What is the, the wrong mindset for you? Acknowledge it and ask God to renew your mind with the truth. And let the power of this verse in Ephesians speak to you this morning. It says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We're, we're to be made new in the attitude of our minds. God, God help renew our minds with truth, and all of a sudden, the baggage starts to go. That's, that's the prayer. God, renew my mind with your truth. The second prayer is this. God, also help restore what was lost. Let's, let's pray it out loud together. God, help restore what's lost. Psalm uh, 71.20 says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will, bring, you will again bring me up. Boy, I... I uh, have been in touch with too many people this week who are so discouraged at this moment. You feel so low in some area of your life. Hope is gone. But here's the thing. God specializes in finding what is lost and restoring that which is broken. God specializes in restoring that which is not how it's supposed to be. It's a little bit like this. Here's, here's the heart of God. At our home, uh, we never watched television without a remote control. When, when I was growing up, they, there wasn't such a thing as a remote control. And so I don't know how we did it back then. Do you, do you remember the, those days, for those of you who were a little bit older? Like not that much older, like 20? I mean, how do we, you had to get up and change the channel. In fact, you'd watch some terrible television because you were too lazy to get out of your seat and change the channel. Now, some women, you don't understand this about guys, but um, we need the remote control in our hands. We really, really do. It, it's a scientific proven fact that men actually don't care what's on television. We only care what else might be on television, right? That's why we're always changing the channel. We can watch three or four or five programs at the very same time and, and kind of keep a thread of what's going on. It's an amazing gift. And here's the thing. We, I've seen this take place in our household. If we lose the remote control, we will turn the household upside down trying to find the remote. Will we not? God's heart is so much more aggressive than that when it comes to what's lost. Luke, Luke 15, Jesus tells three powerful stories that reflect the heart of God. And the first is about a shepherd with a, a hundred sheep. And when one of those sheep wanders off, that shepherd leaves the 99 sheep behind to go find that lost one sheep. And he goes, Jesus goes on to tell about a woman who, who had 10 coins. And if she lost one, she would tear her house upside down to, to find it. And then Jesus told about a father with two sons, and one ran off. That, when, when that one ran off, that father would spend day after day and week after week and month after month waiting and watching and praying, scanning the, the skyline, waiting for that son to return. And, and when, when those, when, when those uh, things were found, we're told by Jesus, when the, the sheep were found and the, the coin and the son uh, they'd throw such parties because God cares that much about what was lost and who was lost. That's his heart, restoring those who are lost. And it simply shows how much we matter to God that he would go to that kind of effort. Um, 
when I was a teenager, before I was a follower of Christ, I lost something pretty significant. Um, I lost my sexual innocence. I say lost, but I could say I gave it away. I uh, looked at things my eyes should not have seen. I did things I should not have done. And it, uh, honestly, it seemed fun, and it seemed like a thrill at the time, but it became a nightmare. nightmare. Kind of plagued me and snared me. And uh, when I became a follower of Christ, uh, I had all this baggage. It didn't kind of miraculously disappear. These bad experiences and these bad thoughts in my mind and these, well, many of you know the story. And God began to, to speak to me about this, that, that I didn't have to carry this burden. It was, uh, he kept saying things like, I didn't have to carry all the guilt and the shame and the deep disappointment that I had in myself and that with him I could truly have a brand new start. Honestly, I really struggled to believe that. I just assumed that this is something I would continue to carry. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I don't have words really to describe what happened except for the fact that, that over time as I prayed, these, these images began, to, these experiences I'd, I'd had and these images began, began to be less accessible, a little more blurry, a little more free. They were harder to find. And eventually they, they seemed to vanish as if they'd never been there. There, there was this cleansing going on in my heart and, and my body, and it was as if, as if God was restoring that which I had so freely given away. When I married Angel, and instead of carrying all this regret on our wedding night, when we came together for the first time, all I can tell you, it was so good and pure and untainted. It was holy and it was right. And God spiritually did something I can't explain. He restored something I'd lost. And, and I'd, uh, honestly, if I was to give my testimony of my life with God, I'd, I'd actually describe that as that's been my journey. My life of faith has been a journey of recovery, a journey of, of moving not towards doom, which is what, what I believe, but moving towards wholeness, moving towards health. Let me ask you this morning, what is it that God wants to restore in your life? Maybe for you it's the, the loss of sexual innocence. Maybe for you, it's he wants to restore your faith in him or your faith in even believing that there is some, some good in this world. Maybe he wants to restore your hope. You just don't have any hope anymore, and he wants you to hope again. Maybe he wants to restore intimacy with him or with, with other people, someone that you love. What is it that God wants to restore in your life? Let, let Jeremiah thirty seventeen speak to you. The Lord declares this, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Let me say this again. God specializes in restoring that which is lost. Leads us to our third prayer, which is, God, release me from my, help me release my offender. God, help me release my offender. The truth is, so many people carry baggage of, of unforgiveness and, and bitterness and, and hatred towards those who've offended us. Listen to the, this verse in Colossians 3.13 where we're told to bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now how in the, the world do you forgive someone who has done something unforgivable? It's right there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And there are those of you today who will release the burden of unforgiveness. It's time to lay it down. 
Um, I'll explain it to you like this. Uh, anybody play cards? Um, anybody play Wizard? Our, our family plays this game called Wizard. We, we like it, and it's, it's a good game. Thanks, Terry. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, here's the thing. I used to win games in our household. I, I used to be good at games. And, and when, when my kids were small, my, my wife would kind of chastise me because I, I played ruthlessly. And she's like, they're just kids. Let them win. Play easy on them. And I, I go, no, they've they got to live in the real world. You know? This entitled age where we let kids win, we give them a trophy for participation. I'm like, I'm fighting right against that. No, and, and so I was ruthless with them. And here's the thing, you reap what you sow. They are now ruthless with me. I rarely, rarely win a game anymore. So it's torture. But the game of wizard is, is most fun when you have the trump card, which in that game is called the wizard. And, and the trump card is the top card. It's the, the card that beats... Every other hand beats every, every other card. And when you have it, you, you at least can be comforted that you know that you'll at least win one hand. Good. I wonder if that's what we do. You know, a, a lot of people, when, when they're, they're hurt, when, when they hold it, the, what they do is they hold the trump card very close to their, their hearts, knowing that at any time they could strike and they have the upper hand. And, and so what a, what a lot of people do is they take the, the trump card, which you might call the offense you hurt me, you wounded me, you were unfair to me. So this gives me, therefore, the right to hurt you back. Or I can gossip about you, or I can lie about you. I can spread rumors about you. I can, I can be bitter against you. And, and if you ever get hurt, I can actually be happy about that because you're getting what's coming to you. It's the trump card. It's the offense. And let me say this, just... Just because someone has sinned against you, it doesn't justify your own sinful behavior back. Just because someone has sinned against you doesn't give you the right to go around doing what God tells you not to do, which is hold a grudge against those who hurt you. What you have to do is, is you, you don't play that card. You actually you throw away the trump card. You let it go. That's a big part of the journey for us if we're going to ever forgive those who've hurt us. Um, this has become more and more clear to me with, with experience that this is the only way to live, that this is just wisdom from God for us, that forgiveness is that kind of gift. Scripture actually talks more strongly against unforgiveness than just about any other issue. Jesus talked about those who, who won't forgive are like they, they put themselves in prison and are being tortured. That's what unforgiveness looks like in Jesus' eyes. Unforgiveness is, is so destructive in so many ways. And I, I know some people who kind of treat this a little bit casually. I mean, I mean it seems like they're looking for, for ways to be offended. You know, they're looking for ways and people to be upset at. Honestly, I, 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 in my, my role, the only way I think I, I survive this thing called pastoring is to learn quickly to lay down the offenses I, I can't carry them. I can't internalize them. Whether it's with my family, whether it's with my friends, whether it's with my church, uh, church members, whoever, I can't hold the offense. I have to lay it down. Now, that may seem incredibly simple when you consider the magnitude of what someone did against you. But I want you to think about Jesus on the cross. When men had done their worst to him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Think about it this way. Jesus held the ultimate trump card. 
he had the opportunity for a grudge against all humankind at their offense. But what he did was on the cross, he laid it down. And when we forgive, sometimes this amazing thing actually happens. It, it's something I think that shows we are becoming more and more like Jesus. You, you know what's Jesus when you actually begin to hurt for those who hurt you? Isn't that, isn't that an amazing thing? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It's it's unbelievable twist of events. You know it's Jesus when you begin to hurt for those who hurt you. You begin to think how badly they must hurt to attack you and to do those things. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, or as C.S. Lewis put it, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. So this morning you walked in, I'm just assuming here, let me give me the benefit of the doubt here, I'm assuming you walked in with some baggage. It's time to lay it down. It's time to take it to God. God, renew my mind with truth. God, restore that which has been lost. And by your power, help me release my offender. Whatever bags you still carry today, today, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to, to lay it down at the foot of the cross. Would you join me together as we pray? Would you bow your heads? We're going to take some time this morning and kind of walk this out. So I encourage you to just close your eyes. It's a moment for us to, to look to God and invite him into this journey that we're in. And so, God, we ask that in your holy presence, you would do a healing work as only you can do. As we pray, simply reflect, are, are you willing to acknowledge your baggage? Maybe for you, it's a wrong mindset. You're acting uh, on a lie as if it were true. Maybe for you, you've lost something. Could be innocence, your trust. You've, you've put your security in the wrong things. Maybe for you, you are holding bitterness, unforgiveness, or, or resentment. It's hurting you more than anybody else. Let it go. You may not even feel like forgiving, but this morning, just by faith, start saying, God, help me forgive. You may not want to forgive at all, but pray, God, help me. This morning, if you've got a, a bag or a burden in one of these areas, today we're going to, to lay it down. Don't, don't you want to be free of it? What did you come in with today that you want to leave behind? If you say, yes, God, I want to lay this down at the foot of your cross, why don't you just lift up as a, as a faith step today, lift up your hand right now, just in, put it in the air. I want to lay it down. A moment of honesty. Put it in your own words. Name it. And tell God about it. You can, you can cry if you want to, but, but take it to God. Face the, play, the pain and, and let it go. Give it to him and walk away different. Put it in your own words and just take a moment and just spend a moment praying. God, we, uh, 
We trust you to bring healing in, in the way only you can. And God, we thank you this morning for those who you will do a supernatural work in right now, and they'll be free. And we thank you for others where this, their freedom may come over a longer time, but God, we know you'll do your perfect work and your perfect timing. We embrace that. And as we uh, continue praying, just, just without even looking around, I pray you'd be able to again have this moment. I reflect back on the time before I was a Christ follower. I mean, uh, the Bible would describe how I was living as being lost, like that coin or that sheep or that son. And I maybe didn't see that, but that's what it was like. I was uh, bumping around, uh, searching for something that mattered. I tried all kinds of things, material possessions, popularity. I tried relationships. I tried different kinds of sins. I tried to gain meaning through doing stuff and achievements and, and all sorts of things. But everything I tried at the end of the day, I was still empty, and I was still caught in some, some pretty painful sin. And what I thought I needed to do before I came to God was, was I thought I needed to clean up. I, I thought I needed to get rid of the bags myself. What I didn't realize at the time, though, is that God, through his son Jesus, was telling me to come to him just as I was. Bags and all. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are worn out and broken. He says, those who are heavy laden, who are burdened, who have lots of baggage. He said, those who are burdened by sin and guilt and fear and life is just not working out and you're heavy all the time and there's all sorts of guilt and questions and confusions and doubts and insecurities. Jesus says to you, come to me as you are. And then he said some awesome words. He says, I will give you rest, spiritual rest. I'll give you peace that goes beyond all human understanding. Jesus says, come to me as you are. That's the amazing thing, is that you matter to him, and he loves you so very much. Jesus came to seek and, and save that which is lost. He didn't come for the religious. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for those who are sick. And, and there are those of you this morning, you know you need help. Jesus is your answer. Today, call on his name. Call on his name. The Bible says that, that when you do, when you call on his name, believing that he is the son of God who, who gave his life for you and is risen from the dead... Every single one of your sins will be completely forgiven. You'll get a spiritual do-over. At that exact moment, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, moves into your life, and you are never, ever, 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 ever alone again. You have the very presence of God living inside of you. Come to Him today. Let Him remove your baggage and heal your hurt, and transform your life. If you want to pray a, a prayer and, and make that step, feel free to just follow my, my lead here. Heavenly Father, I'm ready to give you my whole life. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Jesus, save me, forgive me, and make me brand new. 
I believe you died for me so that I could live for you. I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me tell you that that story in Luke 15 tells us if you prayed that prayer this morning, that there is a big party going on. It's going down right now because God loves restoring lost people. And, and if you made that step, I'd encourage you to t- talk to us about it. We'd love to help you on that journey. It's just, a, it's just a step, and it leads to a lot of other steps, but it's an important one, and uh, I want to encourage you in that journey. Uh, we're uh, the band of the broken here at Hillside. We haven't figured it all out, and we'll just continue figuring it out as we go along, this good news of Jesus and how it wants to meet and change our lives. Let's, let's keep looking to him. Let's, uh, let's, why don't we stand together, and let's sing in celebration and in hope. Let no one caught in sin remain inside the love of inward shame and fix the lungs upon the cross and run to him the
So good. Want to uh, just invite you today, if, if God's been speaking to you in a significant way, it might be helpful for you to, to, to mark that with some prayer, and, and we want to invite you to come to the front after. would encourage you to do so, that uh, just you might connect with God in a special way. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. And uh, that, that could be a very important step in your journey today, is just even coming up and, and kind of imprinting it. Um, we've got refreshments at the back, and you're welcome to join us for that as well. Men's retreat, uh, just three Sundays till that happens, and so uh, you can do that today, next week, and the week after. be good to get that done. But uh, this is my sense what God wants to say to you today. It's found in, in Isaiah 55. We'll give it, I'll give it to you as your benediction today. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And instead of the thorn bush in your life, will grow the juniper. It's actually a nice tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you as you go.